0: you're tuned in to Bryn moves the podcast hi welcome back to Bryn moves the podcast i'm glad that you're here if this is your first time tuning in welcome if you're listening on apple podcast don't forget to hit that subscribe button and uh, go ahead and leave a comment and rate the show it means the world to me to hear your thoughts about the shows. And after you're done listening, I hope you feel inspired and empowered to share this with a friend today. Um, don't forget, you can find me and follow my journey on Instagram at Moves B-R-Y-N-N-M-O-V-E-S. And you can access my wellness page from there as well, Inspire Empower Wellness on Instagram. Um, you guys, today I'm bringing a really special guest on to sort of continue our conversation from last week about dharma and your life's purpose and today we're moving into just a introduction of ayurveda which is like the sister science to yoga and it's all about bringing our life back into balance and understanding our body's um, through different seasons and, and in different environments that we're in. So I have my amazing friend and mentor, Emily Schmuckler on. She's really watched me grow up. She's been around since the moment I moved to LA and she was like one of my first yoga teachers and the the mentor that encouraged me and inspired me to do yoga teacher training and my 200 hour you know, p- program. And she's just been so amazing. And now she's adding on to her education. I had her on here because she's a health advocate and an Ayurvedic counselor. Um, She's an experienced registered yoga teacher with 500 hours under her belt. So she's just a really amazing um, yogi and and, um, health enthusiast. And, um, you know, cancer survivor and just beautiful, fun, inspiring person. And every time I talk to Emily, I learn something new. Um, she doesn't make you feel dumb, not like that kind of person. But, you know, she just um, always is Full of knowledge and full of inspiration and ideas, and really makes you think about your health on another level. And so, I'm excited to have her on today. We just barely scratched the surface, so we already decided she's going to come on another show for us to talk deeper about this subject. But this is sort of just your intro to Ayurveda, that sister science of yoga. Hi, friends. It's your host, Bryn. Welcome to Bryn Moves, the podcast. I'm a certified yoga instructor, professional dancer, and wellness entrepreneur. I'm on a serious, but super fun mission to inspire and empower lives. We're here to chat about wellness and fitness, as well as some tools for shifting your mindset so you can live your best. I hope you feel motivated to dive into your own unique and powerful wellness journey after listening in. So whether you're in your car, at home in bed, food prepping, or putting on your makeup, turn up the volume and tune in for some serious motivation and inspiration. You're tuned in to Bryn Moves, the podcast. All right, guys. Welcome back to Bryn Moves, the podcast. Thanks for um, subscribing and rating the show and also sharing with a friend. Don't forget to share. Um, There's nothing better than getting... you know, a, an episode, a favorite episode that really touched your life and inspired you and um, in sharing it with a friend or a family member or someone else who needs to hear it. Whenever someone sends me a podcast and a text and is like, listen to this, you'd love it. I'm so grateful. So don't forget to share. Um, I have an amazing guest on today. Welcome, Emily Schmuckler. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Hello, everybody. Glad
1: to be joining Bryn, one of my dear friends, and um, really excited to talk with you all today.
0: Yes. Okay. So I was just, um, you know, talking about how last week we had that little chat about Dharma and our life's purpose. If you haven't listened to that episode, go back. It's super short. It was me solo. And I thought how perfect to bring my good friend Emily on this week to chat about the beautiful, um, science of Ayurveda, which is like the sister science to yoga. And I'll let Emily share more about it because she's the Ayurveda specialist. Um, And then I'll just add in and ask questions and all of that throughout. But I'm so excited for this chat. I think it's so important and just another tool and another way for us to look at our health and and our lives and um, do the best that we can for ourselves and just give us more tools and options for living our optimal um, health and our best life. So um, Emily, just start by saying like, Tell everyone who you are and, you know, where you're from, where you live now, and and kind of a little bit about your journey. I actually know Emily from yoga from a long, many years ago. Um, she's been a mentor and a friend to me for a long time um, at the yoga studio. And now, um, you know, she's added on to her yoga training with Ayurveda and coaching and all of that as well. So just share with us, like, how you got to where you are now.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Bryn. Hi, everyone. So my name is Emily, and I am—I um, was born and raised in Berkeley, California, and um, I've done many stints of living in Los Angeles, uh, which is where I met Bryn through yoga. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of a funny thing. I was—I was introduced to Ayurveda way back uh, when I was a kid. My dad is. Um, He uses herbs and both my parents were really into like natural healing. And so I would always get like these herbs and things like that and not really know much about like Ayurveda, but just like this one would make me feel, will help this symptom or, um, and then fast forward into my 200 hour teacher training that I did back in 2011 is when I was first kind of exposed to the sister science. And it was really just one lecture in my training. And I was like, oh, that would be so rad to just like learn more. But I never really followed that. I just knew that it was, it it piqued my interest. And um, a few years back, I decided to continue my education and get my 300 hour in teacher training. And I was Googling online, like searching for a 300 hour program. And the first thing that popped up and given I'm living in LA and and California. And the first thing that popped up was this 300 hour Ayurveda yoga teacher training. And it was all the way across country in another area. And so, um, I started looking at it and it was like pretty magical. Just, you know, the, the layout of the program, staying on the campus, all of that, uh, wonderful stuff. And so I, um, I decided to sign up, do the program, and it took me about a year to finish my 300 hour. And you know, I I work and I still work in yoga, and um, I teach. And I decided, you know, this has changed my life so much that I want to actually like offer this to other people. So a, a few years after my program, I signed up to do my Ayurveda health counselor program. And I completed that last year in June and I've been seeing clients and now I'm actually um, enrolled in my practitioner program, which is like the next level. There's like health counselor, practitioner, and then doctor, which is like, you know, the ultimate uh, Ayurvedic doctor. So
0: that's- Ooh, I see oh. that for you. I see that for you. Like I'm I'm vibing with that for you. That's, cool. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yes. I'm proud of you. So that's about
1: me. Um, I don't know if you want me to keep going on other things, but that's a little bit about my journey and like where I got to where I am today. And, I, I, you know, I'll actually go a little deeper, a layer deeper is that. I, I'm sure you can relate to this, but I found yoga as a, a a layer, an opportunity to really find deep healing to like, as a modality to like heal, to really tap into self-acceptance and nurture like myself. And over the years, as I became a teacher and then worked in leadership and managed studios, the way the therapy affected me was not as um, deep and profound as it was when I was just a practitioner and I wasn't, um, I don't know. Can you relate to that? That like, you kind of lose a little bit of that through teaching?
0: Yes. Like, um, once I did my, so I started with a shorter yoga sculpt teacher training program, which you know, but I'm just telling everyone else. And then I, um, and then once I did my 200 hour, um, power certification after that it was such great knowledge and such a really life-shifting experience and at the same time it changed the way I practiced yoga because it changes the way you step into the studio like I feel like I um, sometimes was overthinking my practice and overthinking um I guess the journey of it wasn't as innocent or something maybe is that the I don't know if that's the right word but like it was like I wasn't um When you're there as just a student and you don't know all the things, there's this innocence to it and this experience that you're soaking in. And then I feel like once I learned all the background stuff about body placement and anatomy and what's behind the postures and all of a sudden all of that's in your head and it's hard to shut it off sometimes when you're taking class. But I did find that I can have that deep dive experience when I'm being led by... The right instructor, but it made it so I couldn't just take from anyone. Whereas before, I was like, I can go to a yoga class anywhere with anyone and have a really profound experience most of the time. Just being in those postures and moving my body in that way and having that that experience, even if it wasn't the most experienced um, teacher or you know deepest healing vibe person. And then once I did my program and the more I learned, the more picky I am about who I'm whose space am I in? And and what are they, you know, what are they bringing? What kind of energy are they bringing? What can they share? Cause you know, it definitely makes you sometimes start to overthink the practice. And, um, I love teaching. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that knowledge and that experience. And it definitely does change the way that you experience classes and workshops and, and trainings moving forward, you know, as well.
1: And I think an added layer onto that Bryn. So there's that perspective. And then because I was in a leadership position that required me to like take teachers' classes to give them feedback about their teaching, it changed the practice to being not about me, but about the instructor. Yep. And so,
0: yeah, mm-hmm.
1: that really changed the my relationship to yoga and u- u- using it as a form of healing. And I still love yoga. I love practicing yoga, and I love even taking classes by other teachers to give feedback. It was still very you know beautiful, but I think. the reason why I was seeking another outlet was because of that. And I also will add that when I found this program, also at the time, I was dealing with some personal health issues, um, which I'm happy to divulge in as well. But I, um, I had, as in my early 20s, I was diagnosed with PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. So um, when you have that disease, you, you know, have an imbalance of hormones. And I found that, you know, after going off of birth control and all this stuff that I was doing with yoga, that I needed something else aside from just moving my body, which again, sure. that is how I found, ah, how can I marry this awesome science? I want to dive in deeper to more learning about the body and Ayurveda and how it can work. So that's also what drew me to doing something a little more in a different direction than just say like an Asana 300 hour program. Sure.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important. And you know, I'm right in alignment with that. And that's why I do what I do with, with health and nutrition coaching and everything is like, I think what's, you know, there's our primary foods and our secondary foods and our primary foods are important. Like things like, joy and career and love and relationships and um, spirituality and all of that like really feeds your your health and exercise and stuff, right? That's important. And then our secondary foods are also important to our health, which is like what's on our plate. And um, You could be someone who moves your body a lot and has a great practice or goes to the gym or goes to yoga every day, twice a day, and not be fueling your body in the proper way for your body or not be caring for your body in that way of what you're putting in your mouth and putting on your skin and and in your environment and that kind of stuff. Um, You might not know how to do that or have the tools for that. And so I love that you're saying, Oh, I found this thing that layered on top of that movement practice. Because is the movement practice helpful and beautiful and great for our overall health? Yes, of course. And like there's so much more, like as far as like self-care goes and and um taking care of this vessel that we're in, it's not just about uh, the physical, you know, sometimes fitness and stuff. Although of course I, we love fitness. I'm a fitness professional. You're a fitness, you know, professional and yoga teacher. But at the same time, like, um, sometimes that gets kind of surface layer and it's kind of on the outside, uh, and it's good to go inward and focus on, you know, what am I putting in my body and how am I taking care of all my, my organs and all the things, you know, underneath. And so, yeah, I, I really think that's so cool.
1: Yeah. And as, you know, preventative too. It's like, so when I dove into this learning, um, it was a lot about like, Oh, the first layer of like learn understanding and learning Ayurveda is just, is, uh, is finding balance and using it as a tool for prevent prevention. And then I found as people started to come with me, come to me with questions, I also really discovered that there's a lot of people in our society that have chronic illnesses and, that my scope of practice at the time would not be able to help support them. So that's really what, like, let me dive in and do more learning and become a health counselor and then more learning so that, you know, I can really help people when they do get to these more disease states. But I think, so that's kind of the advancement and that's the journey. And so I really appreciated what you said of like, one of my mentors says like, yoga is you know, is kind of the thing. Yes, it cares for the body and the breath. And, um, and Ayurveda is really kind of the first layer because it takes care of this like physical body vessel that we're in and how we cook and how we match this, what's going on in the seasons and how we rest, how we, you know, nurture our energy throughout even the like natural circadian rhythms of the day. And then seasonally, how do we shift that when things happen either in the season of your environment, but then the season of the life that you're in too? Because Mm -hmm. as you grow, things will shift as well, you know, from, from a certain age of growth and then your, you know, middle life. And then as you get older, what are the things that are naturally going to happen in that season of life? And then how can we support that through nutrition through lifestyle, through, um, and then if need be, if there's our disease states, herbs and panchakarma and things like that.
0: Mm, yeah, it's so beautiful. I mean, you know, something I've learned is that so much of the disease and illness in our, in our country that people are suffering from is really preventable through lifestyle um, shifts and it's never too late to make a shift and just be open to shift. Um, you know, of course, like you said, preventative work is so important because, like, let's do it before our bodies are screaming at us. And that's what I always tell people, like, don't wait, you know. But um, even if you're in that state, like, seeking a coach and finding, you know, those natural ways to start to heal your body and and find balance. And, um, you know, something I learned about Ayurveda recently is this made me think of it because you said it's about finding balance. I actually just sort of learned that. I I only know a little bit about like the surface level of Ayurveda. I feel like compared to you, but um, you know, I always thought, oh, you're this one body type. Um, that's how I. That's how I described it in my head. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm getting somewhere with this. And that like then here's how you eat drink, sleep, exercise, live for that body type. And then I realized recently they're called doshas <laughs> starters, not, not body types, because it's about more than just the physical shape of your body, right? And um and I learned, oh, it's about balance. It's not about fitting into a category of one or the other, but more oh, if you're overactive in this dosha during this season, here's the things you can do to bring yourself back into balance. And oftentimes people are a little bit of a couple of the doshas or a little bit of all three, right? Really. And sometimes you just have a tendency to be more of one or or the other. So in Ayurveda, there's three doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. And I would love for you to like can we just start by like being like, yeah. what is that? Like yeah. what are the three? So let me, let me
1: give you some context, some framing. So there are five elements. Bryn, can you tell me what the five elements are? Do you know what they are? And if you don't, that's okay. We can.
0: Like water, like that. Yep. Fire, earth, Yep. wind, and wait, what's the last one? Water, fire, earth, wind. Isn't there a movie called The, the, the Fifth that, Element? Yes. <laughs> um, a crazy alien girl in the movie that pulls stones out of her body. Yeah. <laughs> she
1: is like, uh, yes, yeah, she, she is the fifth element. So the fifth element is space. Is Oh, space. space. Yeah. And so it goes, actually, when we look at the elements and we look at how things, I heard this story in one of my programs that, Okay, let's take it back to like how were things, how did the, like, how did these elements even manifest and form? So um, the friction of space against space started to develop air. And then the friction of air and space created heat and fire formed. And then the friction of all three of those started to liquefy and water was created. And then all four, uh, the friction between all four elements, it then solidified and became Earth. So that's kind of like one story that I've heard about how those elements are created, but to give you some context, yeah, the science of Ayurveda and Ayurveda, Ayus and Veda, those are the two Sanskrit words. Ayus means life and Veda is knowledge. So it's knowledge of life or science of truth or uh, the knowledge and wisdom of life is kind of how it's translated in, in different books. Um, And with the five elements, there's the macrocosm, the earth, and the environment that we live in. And then inside, all of us have, we are made up of, of all five elements. And mm. doshas are a unique combination of those elements. So vata dosha is ether and air. Pitta dosha is fire and water. And kapha dosha is water and earth. And we look at these Three doshas to represent um, different seasons in the environment, but then also how we are all uniquely made up of the three. So we have all five, we have all three doshas, but some of us may have more predominant in one dosha or even more predominant in two doshas. And then some, there are, there is a unique person out there in the world that is tridoshic who has like the even amount of of all three doshas and um, they have
0: to be some type of like special goddess. (laughs)
1: Um, it just means that they have more balance and they're like, they're those types of people don't get knocked as easily through different like, like seasonal changes as well. Um, and so, I'm go- I want to unpack balance in, in, in a minute, but I do want to look at, so the doshas, one of the simplest things you can do to be like, how is, how do I like make this tangible or qualify this? Right. Is like you were saying, there is the archetype of each dosha. Like we look at the different, okay, how is someone built? How someone walks, how someone speaks, how, um, what their hair, their eyes, their nails, like, those are the kinds of things you look at to kind of classify someone's constitution or constitutional makeup. Like what are they primarily made of? Then there's what we call in Sanskrit rikriti, which is this constant thing that changes. And it's, so you're, you're born with your prakriti that does not change. But throughout life, rikriti is what changes. And so Ayurveda, the medicine where we use food, lifestyle, herbs and panchakarma helps to put those, you know, either release extra excess dosha or to help calm and diminish. Um, if there's an increased dosha in the body or an increased of state. So rickety mm. is state. So it's helpful to know that because when you are working with someone, you know, let's say I'm like, okay, Bryn, I would probably put you in the pitta cata- category, Pittavata category of yeah, like, if mm-hmm. I look at you, I'd be like, that's, those are your primary doshas. And yeah. then I, I would ask you like, okay, Bryn, do you have a sensitivity to like heat to like spicy food? Yes. <laughs> and if you're like, yes, if I eat too much, I get like acid, Re- reflex or like burning stuff, then I would then, you know, say, okay, here's a really nice spice blend you can do that will help stimulate your digestion and um, you know, help you feel more balanced when you're eating your foods without creating this type of um reaction in your body. And these are the foods that you can focus on, especially in the summertime when
0: mm-hmm.
1: your does probably could have a potential to get aggravated.
0: Hmm. Yeah, so I think it's about like the the advice or the the coaching that you give people in this in this arena is bringing that pendulum like back to the the center.
1: Yes, so it is the Ayurveda is the path of moderation. It is 80/20 is the rule. So doshas literally translate to be at fault. So if that gives you an, an, any indication that like we are constantly meant to go out of balance, to try things that maybe sway us, but our work in this human experience is how can we come back to neutral, come back to center? Um, you know, can we coax ourselves to come back to center so that we can have longevity and a long life? And um, and that's really the aim, the ultimate goal is to have balanced digestion, long, you know, longevity, good elimination of waste and um, healthy tissues. So those are kind of the things that indicate like a healthy person.
0: Yeah. And you know, you guys know, I say this all the time and I preach about, you know, digest digestive health and gut health. Like it's so key to our overall health. And I feel like that's a lot of the work that you do as well with as far as like figuring out seasonal eating and and meditation practices and getting, you know, properly dealing with stress and things like that in self-care. Like so much of our happy chemicals and our serotonin is produced in our gut. And when, when we have poor digestion, we have poor gut health, our mind suffers and our mood suffers and our body suffers. And so this is a way to kind of clue yourself in, right? There's no um, writer, Wrong way for for every person to eat or to live, but this is another tool of like, oh, here's like like you said, here's a spice blend. If you're experiencing this, or just asking questions and going, oh, does this affect you? Okay, if it does, here's something that can help you. Or during this season, you might start to experience this. Um, People love categories, like as humans, we're like, put me in a category so I can understand myself. It's so affirming, you know, to like have um, someone tell you like you fit in this category. And here's what might happen to you. And you're like, yes, yes, that happens to me. And then having someone be able to go, oh, here's some things that could help you. Here's some colors you could wear. Here's some foods you could eat. Here's some meditation practice you could do or whatever that makes sense for like your type of you know person. And it's not an exact, like like you said, there's overlaps within the doshas and the categories. But if you tend to lean more towards one, it's amazing how this science makes sense. And then yeah. you can come into that space of of just being healthier. So, you know, healing our gut and and healing, you know, our bodies and um coming into balance so that we're not leaning one side or the other. I
1: would say too, okay, so just to say like if you were working with me as a client, I wouldn't like necessarily be like, this is what you are because sure, sure. There. But I was just telling you because I know you well and I we've talked about mm-hmm. these before of the things that like aggravate you and so it what it, it really is, I mean, for me is A, Ayurveda, because we use these doshas, we look at the qualities of each element and it really gives you the opportunity to start, like, to just sharpen your awareness, to create an awareness of what are the qualities of the food that I'm putting in me that I'm digesting in reflection to, like, the qualities that my body feels right now. Like, do I feel more heavy and sluggish? Maybe I should look at foods that are going to be light and um and vibrant, you know. Uh what do I feel like really kind of energized right now but I need to go to bed. Like maybe I should bring in some warming foods and something that's smooth and soft. So we look at these different qualities that associates with the doshas and this is a great way to start. I would say that the biggest benefit for me is also knowing that it kind of gives you this understanding that you are a unique makeup of these doshas. So no one is, everyone has a different makeup of the five elements. No one is the same. And so you're the way you eat, the way you nourish yourself, the way you take care of, if you do have any um, chronic disease or, you know, soreness in your body or ache, like any of that is going to look different in how you care for yourself versus somebody else. And when you become aware of these things and you start to really pay attention, it just sharpens that ability to be self-aware, to be more harmonized with yourself. And then with the nature that you're putting yourself in, whether it is the nature of the work environment you're in, your home environment, the environment you live in. Like one of the reasons why I moved out of LA is it just started to be too hot and dry for me in the climate. Like my hair was so dry. My hair was falling out because it was so hot and dry for me. Like I was getting these like crazy rashes and I was feeling super burnt out. It was like too much fire, too much dry, yeah. too much wind—like all of that was just adding on to the environment that I was exposed to. And being in Northern California now, it's like, ah, oh, my body is like feeling better because I'm in a like damper climate. You know, there's a little bit more uh, coolness. It's a l- it's more mild temperament. So even those types of things can create more balance for you when you're looking at the. If you work in a, let's say you work in a yoga studio, but it's air conditioned all the time in the studio, then you're gonna match the environment that you're in, not necessarily the environment on the in the outside, in terms of like Mm. being to find balance. So
0: yeah, like what environment are you putting yourself in, not just like where you live, yeah,
1: not where you live. So like working at a yoga studio, it was always really cold, you know, and we kept it like air conditioned in the yoga studio. And then so I would make sure when I was eating lunch, I would eat something that was more warming that was going to help balance my body from feeling too cold. So those are just some some examples of looking at the qualities and then looking at the different factors that you're in and how to use those to help you navigate to find center.
0: Yeah, and I think where having a coach in this helps is that initially maybe this doesn't feel natural to you, or you, or maybe you're listening to this and you're like, "Man, I wish I knew how to do that. How to decide what temperature of food to eat, or what kind of food to eat, or quality of food, and all of that, or or even, you know, other things, what scents are around you, what oils to use, what herbs to use, that kind of stuff." Like, eventually, I love the idea of learning this stuff so that you can it helps you understand how your body changes in different seasons and different environments so that you can become more intuitive with the ways that you eat and the choices that you make. And I love that idea of intuitive eating. Cause again, I don't, I think everyone's bio individual, there's no perfect way for one person. And so this is an opportunity to learn how to manage some of that stuff and, and use food and use herbs and use different techniques to then bring yourself back into balance intuitively. Like, no, I just know, like I'm at a point in my life where, um, I've spent years focusing on what I'm putting in my body and and how I'm feeling my body and, and the environments that I'm in that now I'm more intuitive with it, where I know I really need warm food tonight, or I really need an all plant based meal tonight. Or like, you know, and I just, I just sort of know, but when you're starting out, you don't know. And the goal is to get there to be like, Oh, I can intuitively feel what's right or not for my, for my body, you know? So I think that's, that's really cool. And that's kind of, I think the the goal to learn to be more intuitive and really, um, clue yourself in and be able to listen when your body is, is speaking to you. Um,
1: not just the body too, Bryn, like, a lot of the the balance comes from understanding your mind. And, you know, mm. the science of Ayurveda, a lot of disease starts in the mind, like in how we yes. perceive things and how we digest things. And I'm sure you're in the yoga world, so you've probably heard these terms of sattva, rajas, and tamas. So sattva is like pure bliss, harmony, and that is like the natural state of the mind. Like we were born with slavic minds and Rajas and Thomas are the two doshas of the mind. So Rajas is passion. It's the, it's like the, the Rajas is like what you, like you said, you're so focused. It's like the, the drive that gets you focused. It's the, and, and it can also like what we consume. Like if I were to say, I'm watching a Rajasic show would be like a thriller or a suspense. Like that's something I'm consuming. That is gonna create rajas in my mind, right? And then Tama mm-hmm. is more of like, it's literally like torpor. It's what helps us, we wouldn't be able to sleep without Tama. So, and and I wouldn't classify either as good or bad. They're both there. They're present. And and how we balance those things, those aspects of the mind, also plays a role into how our body functions. And so that's why we then look at lifestyle of like, am I doing meditation? Maybe meditation isn't right for someone who is really anxious and has a lot of fear and has a lot of these qualities of tamas because it's going to just take them right there. They might need more of like a walking meditation as opposed to just sitting there and thinking, right. Or trying to clear. Sure. your mind. So it's meeting someone where they're at with also their mental state and how they're, they're doing meditation, maybe doing a pranayama that instead of bringing, the awareness up is bringing the awareness down and grounding. So um, those are the other things that we look out outside of, the, and all of that then helps to improve. Like you said, everything starts with the gut, Ayurveda. And this isn't my knowledge. This is the knowledge of science, right? Of just basically an ancient based science that started over 5,000 years ago um, that came out during the time of yoga. So I just preface that to say like, this isn't coming from me as an individual. This is coming from a collective wisdom and that you can use these, these, and it it isn't, it is parallel. There's a lot of, I have a friend who I'm actually with right now. She's traditional Chinese medicine doctor, and there's also Tibetan medicine. So these medicines that come from the Himalayas, like basically one person was like in the mountain, like the medicine person came down and, They just sprouted to different, like maybe it was three people, right? They went to different places in the continent and that's how they developed their different herbs that were local to those different regions. But there's a lot of parallels when you look at Chinese medicine, Tibetan medicine, Ayurveda, and how they treat people and looking at the different, you know, aspects of the mind and the body. And a lot of it is starts stems Ayurveda with digestion your digestive strength, not just in what you eat, but what you consume with music, with television, with what you read, with who, what kind Mm.
0: of (laughs) preach girl. Yeah, that's good. You know, everybody needs to hear that right now, I believe, or so many people need to hear that right now because I always tell people, you know, I heard one of my friends say once, he was like, you wouldn't let someone force feed you like through your mouth. And so why do you let it happen through media and through news and through social and through movies and all of that? Like being mindful, we are the only ones who can protect our own energy, right? We are responsible for that. And coming back to the gut, like I know, you know, this is said in Ayurveda and, you know, in the nutrition world and, you know, holistic health you we are not just what we eat you're not just what you eat you're what you can digest and assimilate and it's hard to properly absorb if you you know the mind the mind body connection is huge it's huge and it's hard to properly absorb you could be eating tons of healthy foods and not really be absorbing and assimilating right. because yeah because you're you're you've got a leaky gut or you're you know and that stuff comes from lifestyle and comes from stress and comes but from mind. Issues
1: live in your tissues is what I like to say. Like <laughs> Issues live in the tissues. If you have undigested trauma in your life, right? She's waving a tissue. Y'all. <laughs> um, if you've got undigested traumas as a, you know, a childhood is really where a lot of these things stem too, you know, or if you've had, if you've been in, an accident or, you know, those types of things. That's why I say disease or Ayurveda says disease starts in the mind because those Mm -hmm. things capture and hold memories and then they trap and store into our bodies in certain places. And that's something I can speak from experience. And I think, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like having a further disease that has progressed and having to really bring myself, to terms with like the things that I have not processed, the traumas that I'm still holding that I've like held in my body. And until that is dealt with, until we deal with the things in our mind, we might not be able to have a strong digestion. I can eat healthy. I could practice yoga. I can meditate, but I might not be really truly dealing or processing. So
0: It's almost like on a, on a cellular level, it affects you on a cellular level. It affects the way your skin looks. It affects the way your, your cells reproduce and the way that your organs function. I mean, it's down to a cellular level. I mean, I hear you say this a lot,
1: you know, your skin is your largest organ. It is very true. And one, my mind was blown in one of my lectures when so basically, we talk about these different channels through which we receive information, right? We have our our sense organs, ears, eyes, nose, mouth, um your hands, your skin, right? The things that we take in, um, and also the channels that we like release and we release toxins from. And one of the channels, the main channel is the shruta This is the channel of the mind. And guess where that channel lives or opens up to? It is all the Every single cell.
0: All your cells. All your cells
1: travel to the mind. So if you have, you know, like I was saying, like these little things that either you put, you know, you put stuff on your skin that like actually blocks your pores or, you know, you have these, these traumas that have happened that are stored in your cellular level, then that travels to the mind and is stored somewhere. So I just thought that would be like interesting because it's a science. And I'm like, how did, how did these people 5,000 years ago, like know this stuff? But once you start to dive in and study, I mean, that's why I'm passionate about it because it really just, it keeps my curiosity growing, but whether you're, you know, passionate or excited to learn about it, it is a great tool, like Bryn said, to understanding um, yourself and having just a more useful, peaceful life and experience, you know, and not being so thrown off every time you eat like a hot pepper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I want to, for anyone who's listening, like if you're like, I don't know what my dosha is, or maybe this is the first time you're ever hearing about this. like obviously we could talk for hours about this and that we cannot give you all the information in this one like podcast. And so I highly encourage you to like do more research or contact Emily or, or, you know, figure out like, you know, how to figure out your dosha. I know there's like quizzes you can take online, but I truthfully, honestly, just think if you read about the different doshas that you'll know which ones you mostly lean on in which seasons, um, just by learning about them.
1: There is a good quiz that is helpful because it also kind of helps you to know that like you could have a certain um, makeup of like a physical dosha, but then a different makeup of like, your mental and behavioral profile. So that's kind yeah. Of, so, lifespa.com has a good one. That's Dr. Juilliard. He's an incredible resource who studies science and Ayurveda and backs it with all this research of modern medicine. So, if you're someone who needs like evidence, <laughs> he's got all that. <laughs> Um, Cause I know there's a lot of people who are out there who can be skeptical and that's totally understandable. Um, but he does a lot of the backend research for you to know that these practices that are ancient have modern science that backs up all of these things that they've been talking about for centuries. And his quiz on Lifespa.com is dot A.com. Um, And I don't work for him, so I'm not like promoting another. You know,
0: (laughs) yeah, just like this is just useful. Take the quiz. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Okay. So just to go over them, like you said, Vata is like that airy personality. So, so like there are like light sides and maybe shadow sides, or or you know the I don't want to call them like negative symptoms, but like you know,
1: I I identified as qualities. They're just sure. Yeah.
0: Just different qualities of each dosha. Um, So like vata would be like someone with an airy personality. So if that's you and you know right away, like not super grounded. Like this is why Emily said like I'm pitta with also some vata because she knows me. Like visionary, like, you know, is really creative and eccentric.
1: What? I said they talk a lot and their thoughts can trail off sometimes. Like I don't think you're like that. that you know, that is like a, uh, a quality of vata. Maybe <laughs> you're like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm like that. Um, and then, and then, like, a downside of that can be like you don't know where to start. Like, if you're that person that has a ton of ideas. Um, and then, can you talk about Vata? Like, what's the Vata body ta- like, type? Like, if you were going like physically. Yeah. The yeah. So,
1: physically, there. So, let's, I'll start even more simply. The qualities of Vata are light, dry, rough hard um mobile and subtle those are the qualities of those the air and and um space element and so um if you can imagine they're like people who like they're they they lose they lose weight fast and they don't gain weight easily um they're light on their feet they're like the people who walk really fast they talk really fast they're more thin um, build and structure. They could be really tall. Sometimes they have like more like interesting features on their face, like large teeth or like high cheekbones. Um, mm. And they tend to have like lighter hair and blue eyes. Um, these are, again, these are like classes. It doesn't mean that you're not that, uh, you're you're not prominent in that, but those are the things that you kind of, they could, they are the people who have variable digestion so they don't um, they don't um, digest they don't they, they, they could eat breakfast in the morning and then not eat all day and forgot to eat and they come home and they're like oh I don't think I lunch. <laughs> they get really spaced out because they didn't like eat anything So that's yeah. like that's a archetype.
0: Okay. And then, yeah, that's good. Okay. This is very, there's so much more you guys, but this is just like, just so in case you're listening and you're like, it's just the beginning in case you're, this is the beginning. So if you're listening and you're like really curious, this is the beginning. And then you can, you can do more with this. So Pitta is like your fiery personality, which is definitely, I feel like I lean towards Pitta a lot. Um, and so pittas are like disciplined and organized and, and goal setters, um, but can also be like when like Emily was talking about the heat earlier and when like overheated, and when you experience too much heat, sometimes that comes out your skins, right? So you might experience like acne or something or rashes. And then pittas can be like impatient or overly angry or frustrated, like maybe overly aggressive in moments when you're like in your pitta too much, like too fiery.
1: Yeah. That's, that's a great classification. Yeah. And in terms of archetype, like they tend to be more of a medium build. I would add to like Vata's keep your Pittas around because they're the ones who are going to get your ideas like executed. So they're the ones who like make that happen, you know? So um, and they're, they're more medium frame. They um, lose weight easily um, and they also can gain weight too, but they're, they, they, they so don't have as hard a time with losing weight. They uh, tend to have like more reddish hair. They can gray eat, um, early on because they're so hot-headed.
0: <laughs> I have gray hair. I swear to God. I text my friend Lauren who does my hair the other week, and I was like, Lauren, we got to add more blonde. Up the highlights. I was like, I have grays.
1: Starting, <laughs> um, And they are um, –
0: and I'm 29 oh. years old, by the way, for anyone who doesn't know my age. So like I have gray hair <laughs> since I was like I 27.
1: <laughs> You're hilarious. They have a strong digestion. So they are like, they're the kind of company you keep around that um, if they don't eat, they get hangry. Like they're like, you better feed me. So the best way to a his heart is to feed them. They'll love you. They'll they'll function much better. Um, and sometimes they can have even too much of a strong digestion. So that can be like if their Pitta is like too high.
0: Yeah. I think Pitta oftentimes I feel like people who have like really athletic bodies are really competitive. Like I always think of them as like a Pitta or, or lean, you know, that way. Um, okay. Kapha is that earthy and grounded personality Um They have, like, a fear of falling behind. Um, They're very grounding and restoring and connecting. I always think of Kafa as, like, that really, like, I don't want to say nice. I don't like that word. But, like, that person who's just, like.
1: Joyful. They're they're joyful.
0: Yeah. Just brings that sunshine. They're like a sunshine.
1: They're, like, the people that you could poke fun at and they'll laugh at your jokes. Like, they. Don't take anything personally. They're very joyful and they're really nurturing. Like you just want to like be coddled by them.
0: I feel like I am not in my kapha. Like I'm rarely,
1: in, <laughs> rarely in that well, space. you like people who are totally opposite together in couples because one might be like a total vata and needs like the grounding, nurturing, like, like stature of a kapha, you know? And so physically, they're the ones who are more like, um, they're strong built. They're, they tend to be, you know, we could say they tend to have a little extra curve on them naturally. They have more like oily, cool skin, um, like really thick, luxurious hair, big eyes. And um,
0: I think oftentimes, kafas have like the nicest skin, like very, beautiful, very nice flowy skin. skin. Yeah,
1: and they talk slow, they move slower. Um, they breathe, they breathe. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, they can, like you were saying the athletic base, they can be like, there are some kaffas that are very athletic. They're just like the more um, you would say like sturdy athletes that are super strong, like very mm. muscles and bones, you know?
0: Yeah. I think the, the shadow side to kuffa is, um, So, you know, if you're like a little, you know, if your pendulum has swung and you need to come back is like, just kind of feeling resistant to movement and resistant to change and maybe like not, not setting super good boundaries. Like if you notice you're in a space of not being able to hold like difficult boundaries or, or, or even like say what you need to say and speak your truth. Like sometimes, you know, your pendulum has swung. Um, And physically. We were in Kapha season about to enter.
1: So like, if you notice that you're also feeling more lethargic or just like unmotivated to like get out or like depressed or kind of fearful, like those are the the things too of Kapha quality. So like this season is a good season to like, really the main thing too, for all of these doshas, I don't know if we're going to go there, but I'm just decided to jump in is to have a little bit of a routine. Like, does really need a lot of routine. They need to set a routine of like, if you're swinging in that direction, like eat the same time of day as much as you can to, uh, you know, and all of that's preparation, like getting your meals prepared, knowing what you're going to eat. Um, that's something that personally helps me a lot, eat, like sit down and like not talk to like 5,000 people and have like, 5,000 tabs open and like you know like focus on consuming your food and it only takes like you know a good 15 minutes to eat your meal if you're just focused on it. but if you're doing like 20 different things at once then you're not really paying attention to your digestion. So that's one tip is sit down, take a few breaths, eat your meal try to aim more days than not to eat the same time of day. Kapha season, a little tip since we are entering that and you might feel more of those qualities. Get up with the sunrise, go on a nice walk first thing in the morning, you know, after you've cared for your sense mm-hmm. your teeth, scrape your tongue. If you do oil pulling or like, you know, wash your face or whatever, go for a walk, get things moving, get your circulation moving and go for a nice like 30 minute walk where you feel maybe a little bit of warmth and little, maybe a little sweat on your forehead. And, um, and that'll also help just in general with anyone with any sort of digestive issues it, it helps with your digestion as well.
0: Yeah. I'm just getting moving a little bit. I just started oil pulling. I actually really like it a lot. Um, if you guys want an oil pull and you want one, um, One technique to take away from this, even if you're not going to dive into like learning more about your dosha or Ayurveda in general, which I hope that you do and feel inspired and empowered. That's the point of this podcast, right? Is to feel inspired and empowered to like go and dive deeper into this stuff and ask questions and connect. And, um, you know, maybe you've never heard of this before. And this is the very first thing you're hearing. And I hope that you, you know, want to look into it further further. But if you want to take one thing from today and add a practice to your day, I think oil pulling is a great easy thing that anyone can add to their morning routine. And there's definitely um, antibacterial properties of the oil that pull out bacteria. And it can be good for like bad breath. It can be good for your lips. Like, so you don't have those chapped of lips, I heard. I think it's working. My lips feel, feel pretty good. Um, and it can be great for... Um, like cavities and, um, you know, lots of other functions of your body. I don't know if you want to add to that, like the benefits of it, Emily, of, of why you would oil pull.
1: I'd love to add to oil pulling. Um, it's also good for people who maybe have like, they clench their teeth or do, or like, um, wear a night guard or have like TMJ. It helps to whiten your teeth. And one of the interesting things is it also, um, the functions, like you're saying, of the oil, you actually are like because you're swishing it in your mouth. I recommend doing it after you brush your teeth and scrape your tongue. So, the last thing you do in your like mouth thing is that it pulls all the bacteria into the oil from basically what we call uh, you might laugh at this, but like your food poop, like undigested food that lingers in your mouth that you wake up in the morning. So it pulls all of that into the oil and then super important to spit the oil into the trash so that the oil doesn't clog your sinks. And you don't want any of that gunk like in your sink anyways. So spit it into the trash and then just rinse your wa- your mouth out with water. And it can really also, you know, oil, We t- oil is a whole other thing. It's like a whole nother self-care regimen. Um, sneha means oil, but it also means love. So if you're putting like oil on your skin or oil into your mouth, um, it, it is a layer of like caring for that, like, you know, unctuousness that your mouth needs. It helps to improve like, um, the saliva in your mouth too. And, uh, which is the beginning of like, hello, I'm awake. I'm ready to like eat in the morning too. So it kind of gets that, um, digestion stoking as well.
0: Yeah. And I think that oil pulling can also, um, you know, m- can help alleviate inflammation and, um, congestion and allergies and things like that, which I, which I tend to suffer from, um, certain seasons. And so it's been really helpful, um, for me. And then, yeah, I can strengthen, it strengthens your teeth and helps get rid of plaque and gingivitis. I mean, there are so many like positive, um, aspects to oil pulling. So Basically, you take like one to two spoon one to two teaspoons of coconut oil. Um, uh, you can also use like sesame or sunflower, but I, I just I like coconut. Um, and then you want to pick like a really high quality oil. Um, so like pick pick one that's good, like right unrefined, like organic, like really yeah. clean. Yeah. Um, you swish it around in your mouth. The first time I heard about oil pulling, I heard her say. T- I was watching a video by Dr. Tanda Cook, and she said 20 minutes. And I was like, Two. she meant 20 seconds. I was like, she messed up Like in the video. And then she said it again, like 20 minutes and was like, yeah, you can do this and that and this and that while you're oil pulling. I think Emily said, oh, just get in the shower when we were talking about it while you're doing it. And I'm like, oh my God, they really mean 20 minutes. <laughs> That's a long time. So I've been starting personally with five minutes and working my way up to build a new practice. So I think it's totally okay to just. Yeah.
1: Five to 20 minutes is fine. I mean, if you don't want to get up to 20, it's fine. It is a little hard in the beginning to be like, what is this oil in my mouth? But like I was telling Brynn, I just put it in my mouth and then I like, I do things like I'll set, I'll put my hot water on for tea. I get in the shower, I get dressed. I like put my face stuff on and then I spit it out. So, but like, do, you know, you don't, don't really want to pay attention to it too much.
0: Yeah. If you do other things and you're like, kind of just, it's just there you're swishing it around like you would like mouthwash, try not to swallow it. Um, And then like Emily said, spit, spit it in the garbage, rinse your mouth out really well after. Cause remember the oil did pull all those toxins and stuff. So you do want to like get it. Out. So rinse your mouth with water, or you could use some water with apple cider vinegar if you feel like you there's still some residue, but that kind of burns a little to be honest. So just that's your choice. Apple cider vinegar is really hard for me. Some water. people like it. I'm like, I'm like, oh blah. like, yeah, maybe just some water is just fine, okay? And then, um, and then um, you know, if you didn't brush your teeth before, brush your teeth after. I brush my teeth after, so I think that's just like personal preference, and then. And then smile and thank yourself for that self-care moment um, that you added to your morning routine. Cause it really is like a act of act of self-love to take care of yourself in that way. And it's such a that's just a little tiny practice and just something you could try doing and start doing. Um, it won't hurt you. So, you know, it's worth the try to just see how it makes you feel and bring those different health benefits into your life. If you want one thing to just start today what, after listening to this call.
1: Awesome. Yes. And one other tip is, um, one other thing you could do is at when you wake up in the morning after you've done your oil pulling and teeth cleaning, and if you like to scrape your tongue, which is also a really favorite um, sense care routine of mine, is to drink a cup of warm water with lemon or lime. And that really gets... Your it, the reason why it's warm is better is because our system is it's not cold inside. It's warm inside. And we have a thing called Agni, which is our digestive fire. So if you're pouring cold water first thing in the morning, you're basically putting out your digestive fire. And what we want to do is increase it so that you can digest your food better. So drinking warm lemon or lime water, And it also then flushes all your organs and it gets your liver working, which is like the main organ that helps us to process and release toxins, uh, not only of food, but of thought, of emotion, of all that. So that's another tip that you can do after oil pulling first thing in the morning.
0: That's really cool. You know, what's crazy. I drink a a detox tea pretty much every morning, but also do like hot lemon water a lot. And I sort of do it intuitively. It's another one of those things where I just know that I want something warm, but I didn't know the science behind or, you know, why, why I wanted something warm. And I love that concept of not putting out our digestive fire. That's very cool. So thanks for sharing that. Um, I just, I just always learn new things on my own podcast. It's amazing. <laughs> I have these such special guests. So thank you so much, Emily. Um, we could talk about this all day. Um, so I hope that you guys feel inspired and empowered to, um, you know, dive a little deeper and I would love for you, Emily, to just share your, if you have, uh, you know, a website or your social media handle, How whatever the best way for people to just find you and follow you and and reach out and connect with you. Um, email whatever, just so that people can have more questions.
1: You can find me at Schmooktown on Instagram, which is S C H M O O K dot town. That's my Insta handle, and you can also email me at Emily schmookler, S-C-H-M-O-O-K-L-E-R at gmail.com. And that's if you want to book like a consult with me, I offer a free 15 minute like um, session to go over what you're looking for before you even book uh, a full on session, an Ayurvedic health counseling session. And um, so book with me. I'm still working on my website. It's not up, but I'll let Brynn know when it is ready um, to
0: promote. Yeah, girl, it's okay. I'm still working on my website too. Gosh, it's fine. We're still here for you guys, <laughs> website ready or not. Um, so yeah, I use social a lot too. So connect with Emily on social and you have her email if you want to reach out and connect. Um, maybe take that fun quiz that she mentioned on Life Spa um, to figure out your dosha and just start to do some more research um, and use these tools. Don't forget to uh, subscribe to the show, rate and comment, please. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I love reading all of your comments. It means the world to me. And um, share this episode with a friend or a family member who needs to hear it too. Okay. So thank you so much, Emily. I appreciate you so Hi, much. for having me on. Thank
1: you everybody for tuning in and like, scra- subscribe and comment and set- share it with with your friends and your fans.
0: You're tuned in to Bryn Moves, the podcast.